may be seated. Thanks, brother. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. If, it's, if you have the Bibles in your pew, it's on page 771. We'll be looking at uh, the, one, the, uh, the lesson that Dean just read, but we're going to pay extra special attention to the first four verses. The first four verses, as we've seen now uh, over the last month, We've seen from the very beginning of Acts where Jesus is teaching them before He is lifted into heaven, before He ascends into heaven. He then is taken into heaven. The angels remind them of what's going to continue to happen. And He tells them to go and wait. He tells them to go and wait because He's going to send a helper. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the helper that he sends. Here we see in Acts chapter 2 that Peter stands up, not by his own flesh, not by his own power. He stands up by the Holy Spirit's power and begins to preach. It was the first church, and it started to grow. And today, we see fulfillment of a promise, fulfillment of prophecy. We see that Jesus said, I have to go, but I'm going to send you a helper. I promise. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at what, we just, what Dean just read. We see that there... There is a, a, a very easy outline to, to, to follow there. You see that what's going on is you see the, that there is a communication of what happened, of what continued to happen through the disciples' lives. And we also see the reaction of the crowd, but also the very end of the confusion that happened. But also we see that the Holy Spirit came to them at Pentecost, and he filled the believers. And we see, we'll see this next week that Peter, uh, who, once deceived, who once denied the Savior out of fear, now preaches boldly to huge crowds. And guess what? He shared the gospel. He was not hitting them with heavy, heavy law, he was giving them both law and gospel. He wanted people to be saved. He wanted them to see the truth. Many responded to this message, which is about believing in Jesus Christ, and like I said, the new church began. So let's talk about wind for a second, okay? We talked about with the, with the, with, with the young ladies that, that were here, but what can wind do? Have you ever been through those... Uh, those fields where it's all those big, huge wind generators. You ever seen those? They're monsters. They're big. And they're, 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 they're amazing. And, they're, and they're, they're harnessing the wind. Wind can be very powerful. 
We've seen it all over. Anytime we, we, we see a storm that comes through, we see what wind can do. But what is it for? I've read a, an account of a manager at a, at a granite quarry this, this week, and he said that uh, we supply the granite for the, the municipal buildings in New York City. We can lift an acre of solid granite 10 feet in the air or to any real height that we want for the purpose of moving it. We use air. We do it with air. And it's as easy as picking up a piece of paper. The power. Air. But it's interesting here that in Scripture, in both the original Hebrew and Greek language, the word used in speaking of the Spirit is the word that can also mean wind. In like manner, the Holy Spirit works in different ways in our lives and in different times in history. We have seen something of of nature and personality of the Holy Spirit. Now, now, how much, and now we must catch a vision of this distinctive work, but first, we need to place it in perspective. We must see and understand, or at least try to understand, the Trinity. Oh, here we go, right? The Trinity. What is the Trinity? And I'm not talking in cooking terms of the onions, the carrot, and I'm not talking that way. The Holy Trinity. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Each one of them has a very vital role, a very important job. Guess what? They're all doing the same thing. Because they're all God. Wow. Explain that one to me. Guess what? I have a hard time understanding it myself. How can the three be one, but then the three do different things? Did the Holy Spirit, was he part of creation? Of course he was. He's God. But God talks about God the Father in creation. He also talks about God the Son when it comes to crucifixion, right? Because Jesus took our sins to the cross. He then says, I cannot stay with you because I need to be everywhere at all times. And so I'm going to go and send a helper. All of them are God. All of them are pointed at the same exact purpose. What do you think the purpose is? Starts with an S, ends in a shun. It's called salvation. That's the goal. That's the end to the means. They want to save the world. John 3.16, we know it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who whoever believes in Him should not, have, should not perish but have eternal life. Wow. So they all work together. 
Well, here we're seeing in the Scriptures where he says, I'm going to send a helper, and he does it. The elements of mystery in this makes it difficult for our human minds to comprehend fully. And and simultaneously, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, yes, have different functions to perform, but we know and we can distinctify them. For, For instance, like I said before, it was not the Father or the Holy Spirit who died on the cross. It was Jesus Christ. But they all are focused on reaching the lost. As we see here in Acts, the the author Luke here records the ascension of Jesus into heaven in in Acts chapter 1, 9 through 11. In in chapter 2, now he tells us and shows us the the descent of the Holy Spirit to earth, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And he says, if I go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, shall not Come, shall come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. John 16, verse 7. It is, fu- it is a fulfillment of the promise that Peter is speaking of. Acts chapter 2, verse 33 says this, Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he was poured forth this which we both see and hear. He, f- he answered his promise because he knew it was a guarantee. I will. Found a really neat little, little Billy Graham illustration. I want to read it to you. I, I had to put it all in here because... Billy, I'm sorry, I, I've been to the Billy Graham Institute in Chicago. If you ever get a chance to go, go. It's amazing. I got to stand in one of his pulpits that was at Dallas and was it 75? Does that sound about right? Anyways, uh, and they, his notes were still there. And I'm sitting, I'm like, I'm standing where Billy stood. Well, guess what? Guess how many words were on on his notes? Jesus loves you. And they had his sermon running. He spoke for an hour and a half on Jesus loves you. It was amazing. But some of the stuff you get to read and see. But anyways, here's here's, here's an illustration from from one of Billy's books. Many years ago, a great Arctic, Arctic... Explorer started an expedition to the North Pole. After two long years in the lonely Northland, he wrote a short message tied under the wing of a carrier pigeon, and obviously there was no, there was no cell phones at that time, and prepared to turn it loose to make the 2,000-mile journey to Norway. The explorer gazed around him at the desolation, uh, not a creature to be seen, There was nothing but ice, snow, and never-ending bitter cold. Sound like a place you want to go, Dill? Okay. He held the trembling bird in his hand for a moment and then released her into the icy atmosphere. The bird circled three times. 
and then started her southward flight for uh, multiple hundreds of miles over ice and frozen ocean waste until at last she dropped into the lap of the explorer's wife. By the arrival of the bird, his wife knew that all was well with her husband in the dark night of the Antarctic North. I thought that was a beautiful story. Because you know what it does? It kind of gives an illustration of this. It gives us the illustration that we can see the coming of the Holy Spirit, the heavenly dove provided, proved to the the disciples that Jesus Christ had entered the heavenly sanctuary and he was seated at the right hand of God and his atoning word work had been finished. Jesus sent that message back saying, it is good, it is finished, and here's the helper. That's what's being talked about in this passage. A fulfillment. Jesus said, I told you I was going to. I told you I was coming to save you. I went to the cross and paid the price and was nailed to it and died and I rose again and I ascended to heaven and sat at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. We repeat it, at least on the first Sunday of the month, right? The Apostles' Creed. It's what happened. It's what we said we believe. It's what we, what we agree to. The advent of the Holy Spirit fulfilled Jesus Christ's promise and it also testifies that God's righteousness has been vindicated. The age of the Holy Spirit which, not, which, which could not commence until Jesus was glorified had now begun. The coming of the Holy Spirit at the day of Pentecost marked a crucial turning point in the history of God's working in His children's lives. It is one of five past events of all which are essential part of the Christian gospel. The incarnation, yes, as the first event marked the redemptive uh, entrance of God into human life. It's Jesus was born and lived on earth. Secondly, in the series was 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 he 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 God could remain just and yet justified guilty men he gave us justification found us not guilty the atonement the third which is the resurrection demonstrates his man that that man's great enemy death satan and hell have been dealt with and been given a death blow fourth the ascension which shows that the father had accepted the atoning work of jesus and that his righteous demands had been met. And then lastly, Pentecost, where he delivered on his promise. Assured us that the Spirit of God had come to achieve the certain purpose in this world, in the church and in the individual believers. The final event is still to come, and that is the second coming. Like I said, there was a reason this, this sermon was not supposed to be preached because there's a lot here. It's life or death. 
It's eternity. Jesus had to go so he could send the helper to be with us now. Right now. To sit in the pew right next to you right now. To go with you to work tomorrow. To go with you to school tomorrow. To go with you to wherever you're going to be going next. To be that person that when it comes to that point where, Lord, I don't know what to do because I'm having a hard time finding a job. And all of a sudden he's like, please, Lord, do something. Open the door. And he takes care of you. Doesn't he, Lisa? The Holy Spirit's working. The Holy Spirit's alive and active. The Holy Spirit is here. I love talking about Jesus. I love talking about God. Because here we get an absolutely beautiful picture of exactly what He has done and what He has promised to do. Why, then I should ask, did the Holy Spirit have to, come, have to come? The answer is clear, and we can find it all throughout Scripture. He came because He had to work to do. He had a lot of work to do in this world, in this church, and in individual Christians. In this world, the Spirit has many purposes. One of the things that I, that I see here in John chapter 16, verse 7 through 11, He comes to, rem, to, to remind us and to reprimand us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Men and women, boys and girls, church, Elam, sin is real. And so is hell. And the Holy Spirit is not this little grab bag to be like, well, uh, hopefully, let me get a good one. Uh, Lord, give me a red one. Oh, I didn't want that one. I wanted a red one. He's not a grab bag, He knows what He's doing. But the main thing is, is he wants to tell you that there is gonna, there, you will step out of line and you need to ask for forgiveness. Peter was strong enough and bold enough where he stood up and said, this is enough. And now he was filled with the Holy Spirit power, the power that he's never felt before. This is the same guy that said, I don't know that dude. Three times. Leave me alone I've never seen him. Same guy. And all of a sudden, he does God does something amazing. Doesn't just go into his head. He topped him from head to toe and said, I got you now. That's the Holy Spirit power. That's the Holy Spirit power. And Peter stood up and said, this is what happens. He had to, and he showed sin. Just like we see, the Bible continues to teach and train us that we have all fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. Sinful men cannot inherit eternal life. We have all been born with, with original sin and we need to turn from it and confess and return to Him. Sin is the root I found this quote, sin is the root and sins are the fruit. I thought that was pretty sharp. 
The Holy Spirit not only convicts of sin, He convinces men that Jesus is the righteousness of God. He shows sinners that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father but through Him. The Holy Spirit also convicts the world of, ju- or convicts the world of judgment because the prince of this world is judged and all will be judged if they refuse God's offer. Acts chapter 26, verse 18. That's why I usually mark my Bible. 26, verse 18 says this. To open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. Did you hear that one? Sanctified. Set apart. Another work that Another work in this world is to hinder the growth of lawlessness. That is to engage in the ministry of preservation. The Apostle Paul says this from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. The Scripture makes it very, very clear that this planet would already be a literal hell. Hell on earth, if not for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Gracia just prayed a little bit ago that we are in this dark world, this dark and fallen world. Can you even imagine that if the Holy Spirit was not here, what it would be like right now? It's bad enough now, right? And it's getting worse and worse and worse. The Holy Spirit's here as a helper. And we see that in this passage of Scripture. This passage of Scripture where he fulfilled his promise. And he said, I'm not just going to let you see it, which we're all going to get a little glow stick in a second, so now we'll have a, we'll have a tangible thing in our hands. In fact, I'm probably going to have a couple of you help me pass them out. But he says, I want you to see it, I want you to hear it, I want you to feel it. They're in the room, and everybody around heard it too. They all heard it, and they all came running, Right? They're all running there going, what just happened? We're supposed to be at a festival. This is supposed to be fun. Supposed to be hanging out, eating food and relaxing. And all of a sudden, it's like a freight train came through here. And all of a sudden, they heard everything in their own languages. To the point where they said, what did they say? Still paying attention? You still with me? They're probably drunk. Look at those crazy disciples. They've probably been drinking since noon. No. 
God did a supernatural miracle that said, I'm going to open everybody's ears. Why? Here it comes. Here comes the fastball. Because he has grace. What are they again? Grace, mercy, and love. He did that to say, I love you so much that I, 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 I gave you my promise and I kept my promise. And now I want you to go tell everybody else to. He didn't just do it because he said, well, that'd be fun. Watch this. I could use what we used to say at men's breakfast, but I'm not going to. <laughs> you should come to men's breakfast. We have a lot of fun. The Spirit of God is alive. The Spirit of God is alive and lives in, 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 in these churches and in him, Jesus Christ, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in that God lives by his spirit from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22. Ephesians 4.12 4, says this, the Holy Spirit gives gifts to specific people in the church for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. In the believer's life, the, spiritual, the spirit also works in different parts. It illuminates and it conforms to Christ. <laughs> we can go on and on about what the Holy Spirit does. And I know you've heard me preach on Him before. But here, here's some, some of them that I just, I just wrote down. From, and I'm not going to give you all of them, but He, he comforts from Acts 9.31. He guides from John 16.13. He satisfies, or He sanctifies from Romans 15.16. From 1 Corinthians 2.13, He tells His servants what to preach. In, in Acts 13.2, He directs missionaries where to go. He helps the sick in Romans 8.26 and even tells believers what they are not, where they are are not to go in Acts 16, 6 through 7. <laughs> wow! So how does this apply to me today? Pastor, you just went on a rant about the Holy Spirit. What does it mean for me? Give me take home. Here's the take home. Jesus fulfilled his promise. He did it for a reason that is to save the lost. He used 12 men to go out to the entire world. And he's still doing it to this day. What's take home for this? It's where we started. That was last week's message. Taking it to the streets. Taking it to the streets. Those business cards are in back there for a reason, for you to take it to the streets. Invite. Not to see this church grow. No, I don't care. But you know what? If we printed off 10,000 cards and one person's got saved because of it, because of something the Holy Spirit told us to do in our hearts and we listened and obeyed, and they came to the knowledge of the truth, was it worth it?
taking it to the streets. Next week, you're going to get an opportunity to go into the streets and to stand up like Peter, because we're going to talk next week about Peter's prayer, or P- Peter's first sermon. But we're going to start off the week of with standing in front of a very big, important place in this world, the government buildings, right? It's very important, right? We're going to stand there together, and we're going to pray. We're taking it to the streets. And I would love, 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 if one person comes up and goes, hey, what are you doing? Really? Well, let me tell you. His name is Jesus. And he loves you. Today we have something special. Just to, to kind of drive home, to drive home the, uh, the message just a little bit. You know, we, we, we hear that, they, that, the, that the wind came and they heard the wind. And I tried my best trying to figure out how could I get one of those big, huge wind things in our church today and just have it blowing on you all the entire time and then have a train sound every now and then. But instead, we're just going to do these, okay? Because they heard the wind, they felt the power, and they saw the light. They saw the flame. Hopefully it works. Well, it kind of works. Would you guys help me pass these out? You guys?